Welcome to GovCast, connecting with federal IT's top decision makers. I'm your host, Amy Kluber. The Social Security Administration maintains and administers the benefits and records of tens of millions of Americans nationwide every month. These benefits, as we know, include retirement payments as well as benefits for disability and survivors. In 2021, 57 million Americans per month received some Social Security benefit, and that number will grow. The agency expects it to go from that 57 million last year to 76 million by 2035. But as vital as they are, these programs are being managed on systems designed 30 years ago, which is why agency leadership has placed IT modernization to be a key focal point in the agency's strategic direction. CIO Sean Brune has been at the agency since an internship in 1999. Over that time, he's seen quite a change at the agency. Brune breaks down for us where the agency is at in its modernization journey, plus how he sees emerging technologies and directives impacting what's to come. Sean, welcome to the show. It's great to have you today. Thank you, Amy. Good to be here. Now, you are quite the SSA veteran, and you've been there for quite some time. What brought you to the agency? Amy, that's a great question. Good starter. So I joined federal service after completing my graduate degree, and I began you know, the exploration of federal service based on you know, a, a recommendation of one of the professors in my uh, graduate program. And I entered federal service as a presidential management intern. Uh, they, uh, they're now called presidential management fellows. But as a intern finalist, I interviewed at several uh, federal agencies in DC and, and uh, I live in the Baltimore area. I was drawn to social security because of the mission. Uh, I find it rewarding to help people and uh, you know, each month, over 70, 70 million beneficiaries and SSI recipients depend on SSA, the benefits they've earned and that we pay monthly to meet their daily needs, to you know, buy food and shelter and medicine. And that's an extraordinarily positive way to make an impact. People request our service at Social Security Administration at almost every major milestone in their life when they... When they have a birth of a child, they you know receive a social security number. Uh, at the first job, uh, that social security number is often checked by their employer to report earnings. And then you know as they go through life and get an apartment or a house, sometimes they you know prove their income with the social security number. At a, at a marriage, uh, some people change their name in our records. Sometimes, unfortunately, folks call upon us for service when they're experiencing a disabling health condition. And then as they move from health uh, into you know, their you know, retirement years, they call on us to you know, get the benefits that they've rightly earned. And you know, even through death, as uh, if they're a beneficiary, you know, their spouse often calls us and reports the death of a spouse or a loved one. And so we're there when people need us. Our programs are complex, and our employees use technology to make sure that each person gets accurate information and uh, that each individual gets the benefits that they've earned and are entitled to receive. So it was really the mission that drew me to Social Security Administration. It's certainly a pretty powerful mission. I mean, having that safety net, I think a lot of people don't 
realize it until they experience some of these life stages that that agency is there to support them. And also, I'm sure the technology aspect is just huge in this. And over your time at the agency, how have you seen the agency and technology evolve over that time? Boy, Amy, the as you can see, just in the, the the world at large, technology evolves rapidly, and and at Social Security, it is really at the center of everything we do to administer our programs, and the growth of technology evolution over time has just been astounding. In the early days of our program, uh, Social Security was one of the you know major federal agencies to really expand computing horizons, uh, the size of our database and, and the technology we use to maintain uh, earnings files for every worker. It pushed the limits of what was available at, at that time for data storage, data processing. Obviously, we've come a long way since that time. And, you know, at the time where I was born, you know, often our technicians in field offices across the country were taking information and paper and sending it here to Baltimore for entry into our record systems. And that was all done paper and mail and then centralized data entry. And that evolved obviously now, you know, all of our field office employees, hearing offices employees across the country use modern you know, laptops with, you know, a wide area network that, you know, checks our records, interrogates information instantaneously updates records in real time. Uh, we serve beneficiaries you know, domestically and abroad. And so we're really a 24 by seven operation, 365 days a year. We've embraced modern technology, uh, not just tolerated it, really used it to uh, adapt our programs to be more responsive to the public and more timely in answer. Uh, recently, we've uh, implemented things like uh, expansion of robotics processing automation, artificial intelligence for big data analysis. Uh, these things help us to give the right answer quickly, uh, and um, that's important for the public we serve. You know, in the last couple of years, as our nation and the world have responded to the COVID-19 pandemic, We've adopted technology broadly. We've expanded video meetings uh, and uh, interviews with the public uh, using the video. We've uh, explored you know, contactless technology for in-person service, as is the case with many merchants across the country. Uh, the public is very comfortable now as a result of you know, social distancing and inability to visit physical locations with ordering things online. Increasingly, members of the public are, you know, uh, signing up for Social Security benefits online. We now uh, get uh, close to 65% of our claims for benefits submitted online. So technology has been, you know, at the forefront of everything Social Security does to serve the public and, and to make sure that we fulfill our core mission responsibilities. And the possibilities really are, are kind of endless when we're talking about technology. You mentioned some of the things already, but SSA has been undergoing such a broad IT modernization effort. I believe in your IT strategy itself, you even cite the need to modernize on systems that were designed you know, 30 years ago. So where is the agency at in that process and bringing in some of these new, exciting, emerging technologies to help alleviate some of those burdens? 
Well, thank you for asking. Uh, we've been undertaking a structured IT modernization program. Uh, we're in our fifth year. It began in fiscal year, federal fiscal year 2018. And it was really targeted to both deliver you know, new business capability to serve the public, but also to migrate some of that old technology that you referenced to newer technology platforms. Uh, now, we maintain all of our technology. So even you know, application code that was designed 30 years ago, we've updated it and you know, moved it to more modern database formats and more modern, modern computing infrastructure. Uh, but you're right, the fundamentals of our you know, core processing of benefits claims were designed decades ago. They are stable. Uh, they're compliant with you know the law and our program regulations, but putting them in more modern application architecture on more modern computing platforms like the cloud infrastructure has improved you know flexibility. Bottom line, cost-wise, it is a value uh, to the taxpayer, and then ultimately the goal is to be more responsive to the public. We've made great progress. Uh, our you know, modernization programs expanded and increased the use of digital self-service for social security benefits. Uh, we've added new capabilities for employees in our local offices uh, across the country, uh, both field offices and hearing offices. And when the COVID pandemic hit, uh, we uh, moved rapidly to modernize our infrastructure to support full remote work uh, by our employees and technicians across the country while continuing to, to uh, deliver on our core mission of you know providing social security number cards taking claims and uh, providing uh, benefits for retirement survivors and disability insurance as well as supplemental security income we continue to modernize even though our you know, model of service has adjusted before the pandemic, you know, many Americans came into field offices to get answers to their questions and sat across the desk from one of our employees. Over the last two years, we've adjusted that to handle all our transactions uh, digitally online or by phone and uh, increasingly by video. Uh, and those provide convenience for the public and, you know, security. And they also allow, you know, the public to have access to our programs, even though, you know, our, uh, due to health measures, our field offices uh, have been, you know, not open to the public except for certain workloads. That's changing in the coming um, months. We'll be reopening offices to public contact. Uh, we ask that the public, uh, where they're able to uh, go online first or call and, and schedule an appointment to uh, visit a field office. Uh, that helps them uh, know when we can handle their request and helps us to process the, the work efficiently. That's certainly something that's common across government that I've been hearing from many different agencies as far as, uh, you know, the BC times of before COVID and <laughs> how technology strategies really kind of pivoted over the past two years to accommodate more of these new realities that the public is facing and wanting more, you know, virtual capabilities and even the workforce impacts. So thinking about that, and then kind of over these next couple of years and that strategy you mentioned, what are some of the major initiatives 
within uh, some of your new tech priorities in the short term? Sure. Well, Amy, you know, technology is uh, going to continue to evolve and new uh, uh, options are going to become available. And, um, you know, the preferences of our customers, who is really the entire American public, uh, those preferences uh, for service also change. So what we're looking at going forward in our next phase of digital modernization is to focus on improving the customer experience by reducing the burden on the public we serve. We'll do this by looking at changes in our workflows to eliminate requirements in our policy where we require a person to visit in person in face-to-face -face interview. Sometimes we do that for uh, program integrity and security reasons. Uh, but we can eliminate and reduce those needs for visits and, and conduct the interviews virtually by video or phone. We're also going to look at reducing uh, the need for presentation of hard copies of documents. Uh, most everything is available in a digital format now. Uh, we can check records with authoritative sources electronically. Uh, this you know, is convenient and secure for the public and it reduces time to adjudicate their uh, request. And then finally, we're gonna look at, you know, where is possible to uh, move away from, you know, paper documents with uh, pen and ink signatures. And if we need a signature to allow the public to submit the information electronically and sign it electronically as well. This is part and parcel uh, focus of the recent executive order on customer experience, but it was in our digital modernization uh, strategy as well. To improve service, we're currently in the process of implementing modern customer relationship management software so that we know, you know the customer's history with us, how many times they visited or called, what the most recent transaction that they completed was, and what actions are pending in the future that will need to be completed. We also keep pace with security. It's a constantly evolving uh, threat landscape, and you know, federal guidance is uh, changing uh, based on you know, adaptation of technology and, and known uh, vulnerabilities. So we're going to advance in our next phase of modernization, uh, the implementation of our zero trust architecture. And then finally, we're gonna to continue to chip away at that technical debt, those older systems that um, are still stable and functioning, but they cost a little bit more to maintain and they're not as flexible as modern technology. So we're gonna migrate them to uh, more modern code and more modern computing platforms. We have begun to implement uh, modern claims intake and adjudication software, and we're gonna finish that in our next phase of modernization. And then specifically for the public who's listening, in the coming months, the public will be able to see uh, more workloads conducted by video interviews to complete social security business. We're gonna be launching this spring a redesigned social security website, uh, and then uh, a new digital service to uh, allow the public to express interest in filing for benefits. So those will provide you know, convenience and responsiveness to the public. Definitely. And, and you know, going back to what you uh, brought up about customer experience, you know, that, whole, that whole modernization journey really just plays into that customer experience journey. And having it be kind of a directive from like the president's management agenda to have it so focused on that level. How do you see this 
kind of persistent buy-in from top leadership around uh, CX impacting how you approach your systems and technology, you know, for the long term? Right. We're, we're a central player in the uh, customer experience arena at the federal level. Uh, for many uh, Americans, the you know federal organizations they interact with most frequently are the the post office and the Social Security office, uh, and for and for that reason, you know we often say that we are the face of government. And the recent executive order that you mentioned directs all federal agencies to put people at the center of everything government does. To remember at the end of each transaction is a person who has a need and that it's our job to give them the correct answer as timely and quickly as we can with as little burden on them as possible. So the objective as we see it for the executive order as stated in uh, that document is to reduce the burden on the public and to improve trust in the service provided by the Social Security Administration. Ultimately, our vision is to reimagine our business practices and to leverage modern technology to reduce the burden for accessing Social Security benefits and services. So, you know, people should wait less in line uh, or on the phone for an answer. Uh, they should be able to find information conveniently at, at the time of their choosing. Oftentimes, we, we find that, you know, more than... Half of the people who visit our website, www.socialsecurity.gov, visit that uh, location by a smartphone or a tablet. So we need to be providing information that's conducive to being completed uh, on uh, you know, a smartphone or a tablet, because that's how the public is expecting us to, expecting to get the information. The uh, executive order provides a significant opportunity to really transform how we do business uh, and to move away from those uh, brick and mortar interactions to uh, self-service on a digital channel. We will continue to have options for folks to visit our local field offices and to conduct uh, disability hearings in person at a hearing office if they choose to do so. And some members of the public do have urgent, dire needs that they need to, you know, get in and, and speak to someone right away, or you know, uh, have barriers to service. Maybe you know they don't have high-speed internet access or access to a, a smartphone. For those folks, uh, we're going to continue to be available in person uh, and by phone. And then for those who are, you know, willing and, and able to you know, conduct self-service, they, they will have options for modern digital service uh, online and accessible by their smartphone. We have found, Amy, during the uh, recent two years that the pandemic has accelerated the public's adoption of digital self-service. Uh, in the before times, before pandemic, we were hovering around of 50, 52% of claims submitted online. And now, you know, in the most recent months, we're, you know, around 64% of claims uh, submitted online, and that's gone as high as 67%. So um, we, you know, have to be responsive to what the public expects. And I think the uh, recent executive order provides good guidance to us on, you know, how to improve service. And that's only going to continue to grow. Um, I didn't realize that statistic, though. You know, I knew more people were going to digital services, but to see it at SSA going, you know, jumping 10%, that's amazing. 
just to give you just to give you a little uh, sense on that. So um, most of our secure digital services require a MySocialSecurity account. Over 60 million uh, Americans have my social security account. And that, uh, that is growing rapidly. For the last two months, we've had more than a million people each month register for an account. Uh, that's not you know, uncommon. In, in January, a lot of people do file for retirement benefits. Uh, and then, you know, before they file, they usually like to check, uh, you know, what, what am I eligible to receive? What, what, what would be the amount of my benefits? So now we allow them to go on and, and view their personal Social Security statement uh, with a personalized benefit estimate. And they can, you know, run different scenarios of retiring at different points in time with different future earnings and really get a precise, you know, estimate of what their Social Security benefit will be. And that has, I think, helped to fuel that uh, uh, growth in online claims filing. Definitely. So thinking of all these new services that you're putting out, or I guess not new services, but new interfaces of how the public would communicate with the agency, what does incorporating automation technology mean for those efforts and for the public it serves? Well, you know, Technology and you know automated workflows are really mission critical for Social Security. All of our transactions rely on automated data processing to ensure that we answer correctly and, and accurately and have a record of it uh, and um, can report accurately relative to future transactions. Our reliance on technology, as I stated earlier, it's just grown over the years. It, you know, technology uh, allows us to be, you know, not only more accurate in service, but quicker in response and more personalized in the information that we share. And technology, you know, does have a life cycle. <laughs> when it's new and exciting, you know, we're adding things and, and you know, putting uh, new software on our network. But once it's there, we have to operate it, maintain it. And then, you know, every, you know, good piece of technology evolves. I mean, gets to another version or another product. And so uh, part of our job uh, in the IT department at Social Security is make sure that we're not only adding stuff new, but that we're managing the old stuff so that we take it out of use before it becomes end of life and no longer, you know, functional. And, um, this is important not only for maintaining continuity of service, but it's also important to meet our uh, stewardship responsibilities to, to be a good value for the taxpayer, uh, and also important to maintain our security of our IT applications and infrastructure. I have to tell you, when I look at the whole picture, Amy, I'm very optimistic. Uh, you know, the, the pandemic has taught us uh, you know, a great amount of resiliency uh, we've been innovative in our adoption of new technology, and in spite of the you know major disruptions to our field services, we've continued our core mission work and continued to modernize over the last several years. Well, Sean, this has been a great look into some of the efforts that you've been working on over the past several years and then what's to come ahead. So I really appreciate you sharing these perspectives and I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of your shop next. Thank you, Amy. And it's been a pleasure talking with you. 
GovCast, along with CyberCast and HealthCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at gcio.com. 